0: You are now listening to Renew My Revolution Podcast with your host, Michelle Cook-Hall. Please begin to take that good, deep breath as we begin to refresh, recharge, and reset. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Renew My Revolution Podcast with your host, Michelle Cook-Hall. Listen, it is an awesome day. It is a great day, and I'm so glad to be able to share this day with you. Listen, today we're going to talk about a very sensitive topic. It is sensitive to myself because, unfortunately, I've had a lot of experience in this particular topic, but I feel that it is necessary. I feel that it is necessary because there is so many things, once again, that is going on in our world and one thing that has been consistent is this particular topic and we're going to talk today about grief we're going to talk about today grief now let me tell you again what you are listening to you are listening to renew my revolution podcast this podcast is designed to share tips and tools that will assist you in becoming a better you on this podcast We believe that regardless of where you are in your life, regardless of the mistakes that you have made, regardless of um, how many times you have made these mistakes, that you can always start all over again. This podcast is here to remind you that we are everyday people who are trying, striving to be the best that we can be to live our life that is filled with purpose, goals, and dreams. But most importantly, what we're attempting to do while we're walking this journey is hit the target of our purpose, our dreams, and our goals. You don't want to live a life where you are just tossing around, going here and fro, right, back and forth, without some type of purpose, dream or goal. We don't believe in wasting time. We believe in um, making the most of our time in, in this life. We know that there are moments that we are stuck in a place too long that was designed for us to pass through. But once we learn that lesson, we get up and we move on to the next lesson. We believe here on this podcast that life is filled with lessons, good lessons, strong lessons. These lessons are not here to break you. These lessons are not here to destroy you. These lessons are here to mold and make you into the person that you are supposed to be, that you can be, and that you should be if you want to be a healthy and productive individual. This, pro- this podcast is adamant about reminding you how beautiful you are, how great you are, and how strong you are, regardless of how many mistakes you've made, regardless of where you are right now in life, regardless of the hand that you have been dealt regardless of your background, regardless of your family structure, regardless of the words that have been spoken over your life that might have been negative, that might have been uh, impactful in a bad way, that you are strong, that you are beautiful and your life matters. This podcast is not about being perfect. Um, We don't believe that we are perfect. We know that we all are flawed in some way or the other. And what's great about that being flawed it gives God's opportunity for grace to step in and so that's what's so important is understanding that we're not alone you're never alone you have the grace of God upon your life to get you through some of these very you know stressful and struggling moments okay and so that's what we're going to talk about today one of those stressful and struggling moments. Your moment might not look like my moment and my moment might not look like your moment, but I guarantee there are some similarities. And the reason a lot of times that we don't know about the similarities is because we don't share, we don't talk. The first thing that I want to say about the word grief, is that everybody processes grief in their own way. Of course, there's some, you know, formats out there, some structures out there that people have in place that kind of show you the steps, kind of show you the cycle of grief and how you can get through it in a healthy way. These things exist. I'm aware of that. But the reality and the truth is we all will handle and approach grief differently. As much as I would love to share with you, you know, the many facets of grief, I don't have the time. I will never be able to get through it. But what I do want to do today is share with you some helpful tools, some helpful tips that I feel like can help you. I want to share with you some moments of transparency. I want to share with you the light at the end of this tunnel, because if you're going through grief today, if you if you if you are right now, currently dealing with grief today, you don't see a light necessarily at the end of the tunnel. Right now, things might seem very dark. They might seem very dark, but I am here to show you. I am here to encourage you. Based upon experience, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That you too can get through it. Because I believe in the system of testimony. I believe in this system of testimony. By sharing a testimony, I am being transparent enough to show you by experience that if I can do this, if the next person can do this, so can you. You can do this. Grief is approached in different ways because for different reasons. One reason that I found to be very important is the relationships that people have with the individual. So If you are an individual who have lost somebody that you were just cordial to, just um, talk to every now and then, special occasions, um, you might not be as impacted by that loss as you would be from someone that you see every day, talk to every day, share intimate moments with every day, have experienced celebrations and have experienced... Some down moments and some, you know, your 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 sad moments, your trauma, your your everything, right? So your approach to that loss might be different than the loss of an individual that you might consider an acquaintance, right? Although you're 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 hurt by the acquaintance, of course, know that you don't get the opportunity to see them again, you don't get to hear them again. And that, that, that removal from your life is impactful, but it's not, it's not as impactful as someone that you are extremely close to, right? And the first time that I personally learned this is because when I, I can go all the way back to my father. Before my father, there was my grandmother, my grandmother, my dad's side, who I was extremely close to when she left this earth. It it literally devastated me, it hurt me. We were very close. I spent a lot of time with her and she was just really a genuinely good person. When my father left this earth, I was still, I consider now, because I'm a, a much older person, I was considered a baby. I was at the age of 22. So I was just stepping into the world of independence. I had just graduated college. I had just got married and I had just um, had my first child. My first child was a newborn when my father died. My baby was born in December, my father died in February. So, although I was now a married woman and a mother, I was still a baby. I really didn't have a clue, right? Too much about life yet. This is just me understanding now, right? So, when I lost my father, this is when I realized that even then, people really don't know what to say. They just don't. I'm, a, I'm an advocate for if you don't have anything really to say, don't say anything. You can just merely say, I'm here. I'm here for you. You need anything. Let me know. Let me know if you need anything, whatever it is. You know, just let me know. Because when people are uncomfortable, they really don't know what to say. And a lot of times people get caught up into the cliches of life. They get caught up in just the things that you normally say to people when they've lost someone or when they're going through things. They get caught up in these cliches. And because of my personality, I can't speak for everybody, but because of my personality, you know, I was so frustrated at that time that hearing the cliches was really irritating for me personally. I wasn't mean or evil or spiteful to anyone. I was really trying to learn at the age of 22 how to process the loss of my father Understand that my father was a pillar of my family. He was he was a real father. He was there. He was supportive. He was loving. He was caring. He was sharing. He did whatever a father was supposed to do. <laughs> if it was a criteria of what a father was, resume, my father had it. He hit all the points. He was just a loving, caring guy. Who cared about his children, cared about his wife, cared about his family, cared about his friends. He was just a good person and he had a heart of go. So me trying to process losing this person that I spoke to you know every day, um, this person who uh, was so awesome to me, he was my hero. I think every little girl when they you know have a, a, a father that is, you know, really a cool father, good father. They look at him like he's their hero. He was a guy that could fix everything. Um, He was a problem solver. He was just a good person. And I remember one story that stood out the most for me with my father was, I was in college and I had no rat home. My father had been uh, handicapped for years. My father has been handicapped at that time since I was, um, in seventh grade. So at this time I was in college. When I say handicapped, he was paralyzed on one side of his body. He didn't drive. Um, there were moments that he, you know, tried to drive, but it was too much for him. Anxiety, anxiousness just took a toll on him because now he was learning to, uh, just work one arm, you know, one arm, one leg. He had a license, but he kept that going. But he just didn't drive. We drove him around. Everybody drove him around. So no one was available, and I was stuck in college by myself. I called home, and I told my dad that I need to get home. <clears throat> my father, once again, you know, did not drive. But he told me that he would be there to pick me up. This is this this is so um, powerful for me in so many ways because, you know, as I sit here and share the story, I can remember his face, how he looked when he got there, um, and, and, and understanding now at my age, in my own experience, what it took for him to get there, you know, the strength that he displayed to get there for me, show his love, show the fact that he was not a selfish person, and that his daughter, being in need and alone there meant more to him than his own fears, his own limitations. I can I can preach a sermon off this. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, I can. But he got to the school. I'll never forget. He pulled up. And when he got out the car, the driver's side, I saw him visibly shaking. And he said, I did good, didn't I? I made it. You see that? I made it. And I said, yes, you did, Dad. Yes, you did. You did a good job. I'm so happy. He said, now you drive. (laughs) He said, now you drive. You drive. And I got into the driver's side and I, you know, I drove us back home, but you know, he was so proud of himself. He was so excited because for that one moment, you know, he pushed aside every fear that he had about driving that distance to my, from our house to my school to, to get me. He pushed aside. You know, he allowed God and grace to get him to me. That's the kind of person that my father was, you know. A guy that every morning growing up as a kid when I would say, he would work nights and I would say, bring me something home from work. He did it. He would leave me every morning. He left a gift on the table. When I wake up to get ready for school, there was a gift on the table every morning because he kept his word that if he said, I was going to get you something, he was going to get me something. It was the best. He was the best. So when I lost him at the age of 22, I did not know how to process that. I did not know who I was um, because I identified myself with those who I love. And that's just a fact. And I learned that later on in life, that that was something that I definitely did. identify myself with those who I love. I was important because I was my father's daughter. He called me baby girl. Everybody who knew us knew that. And so I identified myself with him, and and he made me feel special. He made me feel loved, and he made me strong. He he reminded me how I can do anything. He reminded me all the time of how smart and intelligent I was. He trusted me with um, things that proved to me that he believed that I was trust that I was. Um, intelligent and smart and strong Um, he never underestimated me he always encouraged me and empowered me to believe that I was special and I think fathers are very good at that with little girls um, reminding them of how special they are reminding them of how they shouldn't take nonsense they set the example of what a woman, you know, a little girl should expect as a woman from a man. And so he set the bar really high for, <laughs> for my husband. He set the bar extremely high for my husband. Um, but I'm processing at the age of 22 this loss, this great loss, and people will come and say things to me and to our family. That, to me, was just, to be honest, it was just insensitive. It was just so insensitive and I didn't understand it. I'm still young and I'm still trying to deal with him, you know, him being gone, being a brand new mom, being a a, a new wife. And to top it all off, you guys, I had, you know, a physical issue that happened right after I had my son. So, I was processing all these things at one time. And so, when people would come to me and say things to me, you know, they made it seem as if they knew exactly what, you know, my my struggle was, exactly what my feelings was, exactly what I was going through at that time. And I, and I knew that they didn't. I knew that they didn't. Because if they did, they wouldn't have approached me the way that they did. Um, this is when I learned how important it was to deal with grief in your own healthy way. People were telling me, you know, to be strong, put on the smile, you know, pretend as if I wasn't hurt, you know, go through this, this, this whole charade of being unbothered and, you know, to to express my feelings at that time was as if I was showing weakness or I was showing as if I wasn't, you know, um, a Christian somehow, or I don't know what people were thinking, but, you know, just, just, just the words that was being said to me, the way that I was being pushed to behave, um, and act for those who were looking, you know, around was ridiculous. It was, absolutely positively ridiculous and I say that now um, with confidence (laughs) I say that with confidence it was ridiculous I say that unashamed and I say that unapologetic I'm I'm at the point in my life to know better and I want to make sure that you know no one else you know is forced to behave in a way that Crushes and smothers your own feelings, your own emotions, and your own pain. You know, if you push and try to suffocate your pain and your anguish during a, a moment of grief, it's going to come out in another way and explode. I always tell you guys that suppressing your feelings and suppressing things that bother you is just going to spill over in another way. It's not healthy. And I've seen it, I've seen people. Uh, who suppress, you know, grief and emotions and feelings. And then you're like, why are they acting like that, you know, in another area of their life? Like, what is wrong with them or whatever? It's because they have not allowed themselves to grieve, you know, in in the way that that's best for them. They have um, put on this, you know, this sparse and it's not healthy. So we all have to learn to process grief in the way that is best for ourselves individually of course you're going to reach out and seek sources that you need to seek to help you but in the end it's up to you to figure out realize what best work for you now um by the time I lost my sister it was a whole you know different story I had learned the hard way um, about what happens when you suppress and put on a first for people um, when it comes to grief. So when it came to my sister, which was ex- ex- extremely painful, you guys have heard enough of that. I'm sure words can't express the pain and the heartbroken feeling that I literally have. And and let me say this: when people tell you that they are heartbroken from grief when they tell you my heart hurt it's a physical thing like literally literally not just metaphorically but literally i felt my heart hurt my heart felt like it was literally breaking like you know i can see how people have had heart attacks after you know losing someone because my heart was tied to my sister We were so close and connected that when she left, my physical heart was feeling as if it was breaking. It was physically feeling like it was breaking. And so I knew from the jump, right? I knew from the very beginning that I had to approach her different, her loss different. And I think I shared this before with you guys, but I had this very uh, special person who decided um, at that time, the, the same day, same moment that I figured that I found out my sister had passed, you know, you're surrounded by all these people who are talking and chit chatting and, you know, trying to see what happened and start, you know, sharing memories this is what, you know, we do. And at that particular moment, Let me say, honestly, I wasn't ready to hear any of it. I didn't want to be around people. I didn't care about the gatherings. I didn't want them. I didn't want to share my feelings at that time. I didn't want to talk about what just happened to her. I didn't want to be around, um, you know, anybody. Family, friends, it wasn't personal. It was me. (laughs) This is why I'm telling you it's an individual thing. It was me. What worked for those around me at that time. They, they needed that. They loved it. They, you know, it meant something to them to have all that support of everybody being around and talking and sharing and being there for them. For me, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't want it. I, um, I was angry about that. I had not had a moment to process her being gone. Like, within a couple of hours before we were like swamped with people. And so I didn't know how to handle that. And I knew that I was not going to put on the farce that I put on for my father. And so this very special woman decided to call me. Why? I had literally separated myself from everybody. And she called me and she said, I don't care what anyone tells you. She said, I want you to grieve. I want you to grieve. And I remember saying to her, thank you. It was like she gave me permission to do something that I needed to do. And I knew um, that I should do, but I didn't didn't have a chance to do with my father. And I wasn't going to get a chance to do with my sister. So I remember right when people were, you know, attempting to send me right down the same route that they sent me down with my father. They start to vocalize, you know, what I should be doing and how, whatever. And I remember for the first time in my life, taking a stand, looking at them and saying, not this time. No, I'm not. I don't, I'm not. <laughs> no." And, you know, although it was something that they didn't understand, it's not my job to make them understand. This, this is taking me time and wisdom and experience to get to. Then it was just me saying it. But now I understood, I understand more why that was necessary. It's not your job to explain to people You know, why you need to make the necessary steps that you make in your life that's going to make you healthy, mentally, physically, and emotionally. You know, you don't owe them explanations for what you do that is in the best interest of yourself. Because they're not going to get it. They don't see it that way. And that's okay. It's okay. But what you're not going to do is make me feel some type of way because I decide for the first time that I'm going to do what is best for me so I can be okay so that I can be okay, you know? And that was one of the hardest, strongest, traumatic experiences of my life. But I had to. I had to say, you know, I need time. I need time to breathe. I had Listen, when you, it's like giving birth, you know, between those contractions, when you're having a contraction, you can't breathe, i They put oxygen on me because I couldn't breathe when I was having contractions, right? They tell women to practice their breathing. Why? Because you forget to breathe. Because when you're in pain, you you begin to like just suck up, just hold on, right? Just sucking a breath. That's how grief was for me. It took my breath away. I forgot how to breathe. God had to to use what was natural. My body naturally know how to breathe. But at that moment, I didn't know how to breathe. And people who unwilling, you know, not on purpose, but unknowingly would be insensitive in that area. And it's okay. Because if you're not going to protect me, I'm going to protect me. Come on, somebody. If they don't get it, you get it. And you understand that this is not good for me. This is not healthy for me. So let me remove myself from this equation. Let me remove myself from this scenario. Because I have to recoup. I have to reset. I have to begin to process and think and, and pray. Because I have to get through this. I have to get through this. And everybody, like I said, is different. This is why this is why I'm talking about this because I, I'm reading a lot of uh, posts about people who are going through uh, grief and they're going through a lot of depression. People, I'm hearing people just say, "I'm depressed. Pray for me." I'm reading people saying, "I'm," you know, that grief is is, is this is this is a hard one. This is a tough one. You know, they're 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 sharing their pain out there because it is is it's, it's relevant. Grief is is relevant. Pain from grief is relevant and there are people out here who who are hurting. So it is important for you to do what is necessary for yourself. Do it unapologetic, hear me again, don't feel guilty about looking out for yourself. Don't feel guilty about taking care of your own emotional and mental and physical health. Don't feel guilty about that, don't, don't feel guilty. They can handle it whichever way they want to handle it, whatever works for them. I'm not responsible for that. But what I am responsible for is how I deal with it, how I function, how I handle it. I have to be responsible for me. And so I removed myself from the equation and I had an awesome support system. I had my husband at the time stepped in. He just stepped in, um, and he covered me. And he, you know, he did things, you know, that they expected me. And he pretty much let them know, um, she's not gonna do it. But I will. I'm gonna do it. Because it was too much. It was too much for me. I knew my limitations at that time. It doesn't make me weak. Doesn't make me a bad person, doesn't make me less of a Christian, less of a believer, doesn't it? Doesn't stunt my faith, doesn't stunt my growth. It makes me human. Come on, somebody, I'm human. I'm a human being. And I don't have to explain to anybody, you know, how painful that was and how I couldn't, you know, do the things that people wanted me to do, inspected me to do. I couldn't, I could not. There were things that I did handle and that I did do when, when I was called upon to do them and take care of in regards to the business of my sister. Um, but at that particular moment that I had yet to really wrap my mind around the loss of my of her, I couldn't, I wasn't good for anybody. I wasn't good for myself. So for me to pretend because it makes you comfortable, that wasn't gonna happen. I did that with my father. I pretended to be okay and all right for those who were around me. And it didn't work out very good for me in the end. I went through a whole lot to get to a healthy place. And, it, and, I, and I promised myself that if I ever had to go through that again, I would never have put myself through that again that way. I, I promised myself that I wouldn't. And it's important that you do that. It's important that you are honest with yourself. It's important that you are honest with yourself. And you give yourself whatever you need. Give yourself whatever you need. The breaks, the, the, the fresh air, the walks, the whatever you need to, to get to your healthy place. So from that time, you know, moving forward, I had shared a lot. You know with my family Um, my kids were awesome during that time they covered me like little hawks it was so cute because they saw how painful that was for me and it was painful for my children it was extremely close to my sister as well but over the years over the years um, I learned a lot about grief and how to process it in a healthy way for yourself individually it's like an individual package deal like everybody is not the same it's uniquely your own package deal and it i used to feel guilty this is why i'm I'm emphasizing this because i used to feel guilty thinking that maybe i wasn't you know strong enough maybe i was you know too weak and too vulnerable or to whatever the way that i dealt with it but now over the years I realized that I had to learn how to deal with this on my own terms and in my own way because um, I'm a unique case You're, you are a unique case and so whatever works for you you have to do that in a healthy way though I'm not talking about you know unhealthy practices but I mean in a healthy way so I spent a lot of time in prayer, and in meditation, and um, just talking it out. Um, I researched a lot on different steps and methods, and found what was good for me and what worked for me, and um, being honest about how I was really feeling. Um, I think we 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 sometimes make a mistake of sharing what we think that is appropriate was acceptable to feel and to, to behave. Um, you know, it's, it's, You know, you don't want to say this because it makes you seem as if you are, you know, angry or mad. But the truth of the fact of the matter for me was I was very angry. I was very upset. I was very frustrated with the loss of my sister because I wanted her here. And I felt that she deserved to be here. That was just a fact. I'm not apologizing for that. Because it's just the truth. I felt like she was a sweetheart who did everything for everybody, you know. And her body failed her. And that broke my heart because I knew she had all these plans for life for herself. And she wanted it. And I felt like she deserved it. And so that was something that I had to process. I had to come through that of not being angry anymore, not being mad anymore, not being frustrated. You know, there are moments still that I... You know, would experience something really great or really sad in life and go, oh, man, I wish she was here. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that I don't have my my, 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 my best friend here, my, my, my partner here in life. You know, she was my friend. She was somebody that I shared everything with. And it just seems like, you know, we talked about what would be like, you know, one of us was gone or whatever and how heartbreaking that would be. And I told her many times how much it it would devastate me and it would hurt me. And I I was afraid for her, you know. And to actually have to experience that, it was hard. It was so hard. But I stopped apologizing for my feelings. I stopped apologizing for me being angry or me being hurt. Because those were my feelings and they were relevant. They were relevant. And it mattered. It mattered. And if nobody else understood it, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't. But this was my truth. You have to live your truth. So if you if you've lost someone, you know, it's okay to have your truth. It's okay to say, hey, I'm hurt. This seems so unfair. You know, it's okay to say that because it does for you. It does, you know, it does. If there are people who are walking the earth who are cruel and evil and malicious and spiteful, and they don't care about anybody, right? And they're walking the earth, you know just, just not not caring the world, killing people, doing whatever they want to do, they don't care, right, and then you'll find someone who is a good person, a sweetheart, and they was just family oriented, did everything they could do, was right, and they lose their life prematurely, you know, and it just breaks your heart, you see babies that are being, you know, killed or hurt or dying, cancer and all this, and then you see somebody who is reckless and don't care about life, and and all this, and you see that this baby passes and this person lives, and sometimes it just seems like that's hard, right? But it's okay to, to be honest, it doesn't make you a bad person because you say, it seems hard. We know people who have lost family members in one swoop, like a car accident or or um, a fire in a, in a house or something, take the whole family out. And you know then you have somebody who don't even want their family. They don't want their kids, you know? And they're abusing them or they're mis- they're neglecting them or they're mistreating them. And you think to yourself, oh, my God, you know, that just seems unfair, right? But that's just, it's your truth. It's what you feel. And it's okay to express this is how you feel, you know, and, and you move on. You move on. A lot of times we can't move on because we're not being honest with ourselves and we're not being honest with the people around us. I had no problem telling people You know, later on that this hurt me and this broke my heart and that it devastated me and I was angry and I was mad. And even when I would go into prayer, you know, I had no problem, you know, sharing with God that this hurts. This really hurts. But I know the one who can take away this this burden. I knew the one who can take away this pain and can and can help me get to a place that was healthy again. And that was God. So I would take my things, my concerns, my problems to him in prayer. And it helped me so much. It helped me so much. But that was my process. And then, you know, as I begin to wrap this podcast up, um, you know, before my brother, because for those of you know, you know, it's like three siblings, uh, four siblings, but you know, including myself, but now it's just me and my brother left, my oldest brother, because then we lost my, you know, younger brother. He was older than me, but he was, you know, younger to my other brother. And, you know, by the time I got to to him, it's still the shock factor that you had to deal with, right? It's the shock factor. And it was it was it was so crazy because I was put in a position to handle a lot of things, but I had to at that particular time because, you know, my family, pretty much, you know, my mother and my my brother had just taken, that was it, you know, there was just too much and God had gave me so much grace. During that that particular time with my brother, he had gave me so much grace. Cause mind you guys, from my sister Albert to my brother, which was a good gap in years, I had been praying, meditating, trying to get to a place of healing and telling God, please don't send anything else our way. We've been through enough. I can't take any more. I had did that for years. So it was almost like when my brother time came. You know, I had built up all this. This this grace, this grace, it was just like this, I can't explain it, but those who were around us saw it physically. And I remember this person saying, you know, God, I can't I can't even believe, you know, how you guys can handle this. It's not that we were numb to it, not at all. Absolutely not. It was just this grace that stepped in. I had learned from my father to my sister to the time I got to my brother. It was this grace that stepped in. And I knew it. I knew it. This was the moment that I knew that God would come in in your weakest moment. Like I knew for sure, you know, it, was not, it wasn't nothing that I was reading, you know, it wasn't some scriptures that I was patting myself with saying this. It was something I was living. I was living in a graceful moment. And I remember um, right before having to uh, deal with his, his his services and everything, um, because you know we had to do a lot of things to prepare for those who have ever had to lay to rest a loved one. You know, it, it takes a lot. And I remember trying to find moments to give myself that that moment you know cuz it was so quick and it was it was a lot that happened and i remember trying to find the moment that i always need cuz i promised myself to give myself a moment always this is how i process and i remember i was sitting in my my bathroom standing there and i was just trying to God, and I was saying, this is so much, this is too much, God, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I kept saying that, right, I kept saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what you want from me, I don't know what I can do, because I was so hurt. And I was so in this, this like, just stuck. I can't explain. I am just stuck. <laughs> and I remember it was the weirdest thing, you guys. This, this is just the truth. Standing there saying to myself, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Right? There's a song. It's a, it's a gospel song. And the lyrics said, what do I do when I don't know what to do? What would you have me to say, Lord, when I don't know what to say? Right. And then it goes on with some other lyrics. Right. But then the, 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 the bridge says this, I'll just stand still until your will is clear to me. I'll stand still until your, your will is clear to me. So I'm standing here in this bathroom and i am boo-hooing, right? crying and saying oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And these lyrics comes in my head, right? I know the song. I have heard it, you know, over the years, but it was it's been a long time since i heard the song. And the lyrics came in my head, right? And i'm thinking to myself, let me find this song. So i go on my phone, i'm looking for the song. I pull the song up, right? And i sit there and i listen. And it was as if the question that I proposed to God, what do I, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Was being answered by this song. What do I do when I don't know what to do? What would you have me say, Lord, when I don't know what to say? You know, Minister, I'll just stand still until Your will is clear to me. When that song came on, you guys, and it was like my answer to my question. And I tell you, I boo but my boohooing and crying was different. It was such a relief because I knew he had heard me. I knew he had responded to me. I knew he had made it so clear to me what I should do, which was just trust him and stand still and let him be God in this situation. Because, listen, y'all, I was tired. I was done. <laughs> my sister was the topping on the cake for me. I was done. You hear me? Done. And I knew if anything else was to happen after my sister, I just was not going to be able to make it. Like, just forget it. You know, just forget it. It makes no more sense to me. Life makes no more sense to me. It's a wrap. It's over. It's done. This is just my being honest with you. Mind you, I mean, we were just losing them. Boom, 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 boom. And once again, remembering that I identify myself with people that I love, my family. You know, my family is my life. It's people you was was raised with, you grew up with. It shaped your personality. This is who you are. And now they're gone. This is all I ever knew. We grew up together. We went on vacations together. We ate together. We lived together. We shared moments together. This is all I know. And they're gone. And I was stuck. And God answered my question. He answered it, guys, so remarkably, so quick, so smooth. God, it was God, it's so smooth. He answered it so quickly for me because he knew I was in a need of desperation. He knew that it was real for me. He knew that I had real pain, real anguish, and I was hurt from the depths of my soul. And he is not here to break me. He is not here to tear me apart or allow my life to being such a shamble that I can't function and I can't make it, but he's here to give me direction and to mold me and make me to the better person, the stronger person, the person that he has designed me to be. And he took that moment for me. The moment that I felt like this was it. I don't know what you want me to do. What do you want me to do? And if I ever doubted who God was, if I ever questioned who he was and how powerful he was and that he was real, That day, that very moment, I knew who God was to me. He was my everything. He was my calmness in my storm. He was my peace in the midst of chaos. He was the covering of my life. He was the covering over everything that was me. He was able to keep me from falling. He was able to keep me from stumbling. He was the one that was going to guard my heart and my mind. He was the one. He was the one. He was the source of my strength. He was the love of my life. He loved me unconditionally. He was not going to sit there and watch me fall and fade away. He was not going to see me be broken and heartbroken because up to that point, I had been trusting him and talking to him and sharing with him and letting him know I can't take anything else. And he reminded me that you don't have to because I'm here with you and you're never alone. So you guys, I came today. On this podcast, because I wanted to show you from my own experience that number one, you're never alone. Number two, you have to trust God to get you through some of the toughest moments of your life. We all are going to experience moments where it is a shock to your system, that it might break your heart, that you might experience what what I have experienced as if your physical heart is breaking. You know, and 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 just because people have lost people, don't mean that they have the same relationship with their people that you had with your people. So sometimes when they come to you, they're coming to you from a place that it's 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 from a good heart, but they have no idea. They have no idea what you are dealing with and how you are dealing with it. You know, they don't have a clue. So just you know, bless them, but don't take it to heart. Don't let it hurt you. Don't let it change you into somebody that you're not. Just, you know, listen to them and just bless their hearts and go on and move on and deal with your pain, your grief, your situation the way that is best for you in a healthy way. If you have to, you know, reach out to someone, you know, to speak about it, then do it. I always say that I'm an advocate for people reaching out to get to the resources that they need to become a better person. I am totally against people taking up unhealthy practices to to deal with grief or to deal with pain, to deal with depression or anxiety. Please don't pick up any unhealthy habits. Drugs and alcohol, those type of um, things only mask for a little while, but in, in return, they create new problems. And for those who are dealing with You know, depression and grief and anxiety. You have enough. Excuse me. So why would you add on to your problems and your pain by creating, you know, more problems and more pain? Don't do it to yourself. Don't pick up any type of unhealthy habits. Learn to process what you're going through in a positive way. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be healthy. You don't have to explain to people, you know, why you are still hurt. You know, people will get mad at you, you know, because you're hurt. You know, like, why are you still, why are they still upset about that? Why are they still dealing with that? Whatever your issue is, you know, you don't have to explain that. Process it the way that you have to process it. And give yourself the time to heal. And unfortunately, there are people who create chaos and create your pain. And then they try to monitor you and tell you how you should process it. And how long you should deal with it. You know, you caused my pain. But then you're telling me how I'm, you know, you're still mad about that. You're still, you know, know, dealing with that. Well, yes, I am. So don't let people do you like that, okay? Don't let them tell you. How you should process your pain. Listen, it, been, it has been really an awesome time sharing with you guys today. I hope and pray that you have gotten something out of our message on today. I want you to take some time today and just process what you heard. Make the best decision for yourself. I want you to take in a good deep breath. Recoup, reset, and begin to move forward. Listen, go in and look at Amazon.com and Barnes and Noble. Check out the books, Faith versus Fear. Breaking Family Ties. Please go and support that. And consider supporting this podcast. I would love to have your support and I would love to receive your feedback. You also can connect with me on social media. We on the platforms of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I am on these platforms to share the same message. Um, Also, you can check out my website at www.MichelleCHall.com. Once again, it's www.MichelleCHall.com. It has been my honor and my pleasure to be able to share with you guys today. Remember to share this podcast with someone else. Please click the share button. Share it on your Facebook. Share on your Instagram. Share, 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 share. Share this message with someone that you know that is dealing with grief. Okay, it's a very sensitive topic for people. I don't mind sharing at all, you guys, because I know when I'm helping you i'm helping myself in the process and then you go on and you have somebody else this is how we begin to heal this is how we are a community communities help each other i love you guys so very much but most importantly god loves you more i want you to not take a not take for granted your day but take advantage of your day Hear me again don't take for granted your day but take advantage of your day get up and do something good for yourself remember to take one moment and one day at a time don't be so hard on yourself breathe and breathe it out god bless you guys i love you but most importantly god loves you more have an outstanding day god bless